Welcome to the COSEC Show. Join the COSEC Qatari Securities team as they share their insights on the Australian share market, discussing some of their best performing companies, macroeconomic news from offshore, including local domestic news, foreign exchange, as well as commodities. If you have any questions regarding the share market, our phone lines are open. You can dial in on 1300 854 151 or alternatively, email info at cosec.com.au. Exclusively on this show, each guest will reveal their hottest stock pick. For more information on any of the topics discussed, go to cosec.com.au. The information featured in this program is general in nature and does not take into account your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Guests appearing on the program may own or have commercial arrangements with some of the companies mentioned. Before making any investment insurance or financial planning decisions, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Good afternoon, investors. My name is Will Brownlee and welcome to The Cosex Show, where we discuss all things relevant in the market this week. Macroeconomic data, currencies and commodities, top performance for the week that was, and of course, our hottest stock picks for the week to come. As always, before I go any further, allow me to introduce my investment panel and resident experts in the market. To my left, the ever-wonderful Caroline Wong, the historic Gabrielle Ryan, and of course, our senior trader, Linsen Cow. Right, let's kick things off straight away on the tip of everyone's tongue is... We've gone back into lockdown again. Mm. Certainly, we've gone back into lockdown in Victoria. <laughs> that takes effect from tonight. Is that right? Very poor timing. Yeah. Or very unfortunate timing, right I guess. Right before Valentine's Day. Yep. Right before Valentine's right, Day. Right into the weekend, right before Valentine's Day. Also, uh, Chinese New Year. So, wow, let's just add everything not, to that. Not good. <laughs> How can, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. Okay. Obviously, it's, it's a tricky decision to it make. It is, and yeah. I do understand that. And I do understand that there's a lot at stake. People's lives. But... Can they just decide like that? How long can this just keep going on? Whenever we get some, uh, you know, whenever we get things, is it just going to jump back in and we're just going to lock everything back down again? I think short answer, yes, they can decide but, that. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the precedent is set. It's all locked in. They're ready to go. And they've clearly illustrated that pretty, uh, pretty clearly today. On the other hand, New South Wales doing exceptionally well. Caroline, we are on our... Zero, 26 days. 26? 26 wow. days of zero COVID cases. So yeah. we're, we're doing quite, you know, well, I mean, we just said the same thing happened with the Northern Beaches and then all of a sudden everything mm-hmm. kind of got sparked back up again. But where are we sitting at? I mean, I know we've gone into lockdown. Whereabouts are we sitting at with the vaccinations and that kind of front there, Gabe? Well, I guess there was some news that came out. Um, it was earlier this week or towards the tail end of last week that we do have, or they're anticipating a rollout by uh, the end of next month. Okay. Beginning next month. And then by October, there should be enough supply there to effectively have everyone inoculated. Okay. So we're, we're anticipating everyone getting inoculated by... There's actually a questionnaire you can fill in. I forgot the site, but you fill in a few details and it'll tell you when your estimated time of inoculation will be. And I've actually forgotten mine, but it was somewhere in the middle of the oh, really? year. really? So you can actually... That's an interesting... Yeah, it's, it's a broad estimate. Age it's based on... It's yeah. predominantly age because I don't think any of us have any underlying health conditions. So it really is just oh. age for us. If you want to let's show you, let's ramp the controversy up a little bit on the show today. Mm-hmm. If you were going to get a vaccination, which one would you pick, Caroline? Hmm. Um, AstraZeneca. You like AstraZeneca? Why? Wait, is, it sound is this because you have to pay for it? Or is <laughs> it- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go. So AstraZeneca is actually part of this group where they actually offer um, cheap vaccines. Yes. So it's actually three dollars or so. Yes. Yeah. So it's actually very economical. Oh, very good. And uh, what about yourself, Mr. Ryan? Uh, probably need more research to uh, 
get back here. Maybe just, just code for I'm too tough for a vaccine. Pour over the, pour over the medical data just to see exactly where that place is in, there's a, uh, there's in the a broader joke, context. Yeah, there's a joke going around the office that if I catch COVID, they're going to sit there and say, mate, that's the healthiest thing about you. I need one of those. What about yourself, Mr. Cow? What are you looking at? Well, I assume that you were shouting since you offered. So <laughs> given that we're investors and traders, yep. highest percentage, you go with the Pfizer or you go with the Moderna? Okay, so you go with the Pfizer or you go with the Moderna. Not Johnson & Johnson, even though you only need one jab. Uh, You're scared of needles, one jab? No, I'm actually okay with You're needles. You're okay with yeah, needles? That's fine. Why am I not? I'd rather have the, uh, I'd rather have the higher... The higher percentage. Yep, that's a that's a very very fair call. Let's get things a little bit more serious because I know Etty as it Etty had that's actually come out with an announcement that they are going to be the first completely vaccinated airline crew. Did anyone else read that? The crew. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. the cabin crew and the pilots are going to be the very first crew that are completely vaccinated. Mm. Okay, which means if you go and you fly with Etihad, you are going to be actually flying with a crew that's completely... Okay. Uh, completely it's actually pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. Mm. Let's uh, let's take it a little bit more to do with the stock market. Now, mm. I'll go with the Mr. Cow. Talk to us about what's happening because things are just going up all over the place. Mm. There is a lot of people saying this is the everything rally. What do we mean by the everything rally? Hmm. I was actually going to ask you because I hadn't heard that one. Um, let's just go straight to charts though. So let's start off with the, uh, what do I call it? The global rally charts. So you can see here, now keep in mind that this is actually the MISCI global index. It's not the ASX or the S&P 500, but you can see here as of early this week, how many consecutive updates is that? That's eight okay. that we're doing there. So again, it's a nice streak of gains. Did take a little bit of a breather this week. The S&P 500 was up about half a percent as yes. of now, uh, not as much as last week, but still in that upward trajectory. On top of that, if we move on to another chart, the reflation trade chart. Now, this may look a little bit complicated. What we can see here, and maybe this is a little bit more medium term, but just as a quick uh, precursor, reflation generally means that as the market expects the economy to pick up, the yield curve, so should, should apply to all of them, but let's talk about sovereign yes, yields, yep. government bonds. That should normalize. It just means it should be more upward sloping. Generally, if it's flat or downward sloping, that does not portend well for mm -hmm. the broader economy. But if the market expects inflation to return, then you would get that normalizing curve. However, you can see here that as the 10-year treasury yield rises, that blue line, the gap between it and the earnings yield on the S&P 500 is actually narrowing. Now, mm. not anything to worry about anytime soon, but eventually, if that gap closes, bonds relatively are going to become more attractive yes. than equities. Because we may see a rotation into those. Having said that, it is a while away. Yeah, and on top say, of that, bonds have to go. What's a bond trading at now? What's yeah, I mean, it's still it's still very low. Very, I mean, I was low. just talking about um, back when I was building models at um, at Macquarie, not like Lego models, but financial models. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, I was using risk-free rates of, I think, 5.56%. And right now, it's 1.2%. So, what I mean, basically, to say that there's going to be a cycle into bonds, I'm not saying you're wrong, and mm. I, I understand that, and obviously I've studied it as well, so we know all about it. There can be that cycle into bonds, and I remember a lot of people say the old 60-40 bond equity portfolio mix. Big cycle into bonds. We've got to basically convince investors or to go into a bond you have to convince an investor that the market's not going to go up as much as a bond that disregard gold copper all the other commodities all the other investments housing everything bitcoin you name it you've got to disregard all that and go into a, a yielding bond which at the exactly. moment is doing about 1.2 yeah it's so, and it's so far down the track really i actually interpret this more as 
the reflation trade is being fed into the market in a way that they believe. And that's why the yield curve is normalizing. And also it's probably worth noting that over the past few years, that 60, 40 portfolio has kind of gone out the window Absolutely. because Absolutely. equities and bonds were going up together. Yeah. So, so a little bit of everything, the whole investing landscape has changed yeah. as I'm as you, very fond Yes. You love that phrase. <laughs> very good. All right. Let's go over to Gabe yes. because you've been keeping a very, very close eye on what's happening over in the U S sure. a lot of uh, earnings reports stimulating their market i mean the nasdaq's on an all-time high record highs yep tesla did uh did some interesting stuff what, what's been the highlights of the a lot of interesting today? stuff well i guess um drawing on a point that we uh discussed last week 97 percent of tech companies i believe beat analyst earnings expectations mm -hmm. that's continued to be reflected throughout the week so i think we saw paypal do very well ebay as well uh, we had disney reporting as well now i think their results were actually slightly in terms of their earnings were a little bit uh, less than what was initially anticipated, but the increase in their subscriber base for Disney plus was uh, so, um, you know, positive that uh, we did see some pretty good movements. So I think they had 146 million subscribers to their paid subscription. Wow. Um, you can imagine 146 million people. How many of them do you think signed up just to get the Mulan movie that came out and then realized they had to pay for it? Well, this <laughs> <laughs> they've had to pay extra for it. Hard to say for certain, but uh, yeah, certainly a lot of positive um, uh, movements there being driven by those earnings. Very, very good. Uh, anything that's happening here that you've been noticing, a good positive earnings here in, uh, in Australia that have been reflected of that? Mm -hmm. Well, we have seen like a lot of positive earnings uh, reports throughout this week. Um, and actually have to take into account expectations here, of yeah, course. So it's all about that is expectations. So we did see baby bunting today with a pretty nominally positive report, up their dividend and pat up few other financial Market. metrics so up. They would have gone up quite a bit today then, yes? Uh, no, actually, no, they went uh, They went down, unfortunately. Again, so one of the situations. A I mean, I would say that's a perfect example of something that's- Expectations. Expectations. Yeah, captured market share, expanding into New Zealand, no. No, no, you, no, you, no, you would no, assume no. that expansion would have positive implications for the company's earnings moving forward. However, yep. maybe the market may not be that efficient or forward thinking, mm. or maybe they are factoring in unknown information. So, you know, something yeah. to consider. And we did have a very impressive run up just before this report. It did, yeah. Like, yes, it, did. it did have a, like it was on a bit of a tear towards the north. Let's talk about next week because next week is literally huge. We have got, what have we got on Monday? Our team reporting, Beach, Beach Energy Removal. JB Hi-Fi. JB Hi-Fi reporting. Then Wednesday, we're on. Let me think. So many. So many. Yeah, let's just go with so many. So many. So many. More than three, <laughs> but less than 3,000. Yes. <laughs> very good. Caroline, let's talk a little bit about one that did report very encouraging numbers Commonwealth Bank of Australia. Now, they've announced that they're sort of up in their dividends. Is this mm. a, a recurring theme that we're seeing? I know maybe Bunting up its dividend. I would have thought that wouldn't have been the case if they're mm. suffering in any way, that they would have sort of start to contract a dividend maybe, but talk to us about that perspective. Actually, that fits into exactly to what I'm going to say like mm -hmm. right now. So if we look at the chart, um, so this chart shows the expected dividend payout for um, the XJO this year. So uh, you can see that in 2021, there will be an expected rise, 15% rise in payouts. And this positivity is likely to carry on moving forward. And banks, as you've said earlier, Will, they're expected to raise payments by about a third. This is because last year, APRA actually limited dividends to 50% of earnings. This was okay. in July. Mm -hmm. However, um, as the economy rebounded, um, this restriction was lifted in December, which means to say that any corporate profits that will flow through will be reflected in a form of increased dividends. So are you a buyer of the banks at the moment, Caroline? Um, as from the perspective of the firm, we don't look into these banks, but they are looking very good. Um, 
In my recent research, it says that ANZ is likely to be posting the highest and most attractive dividend. Okay, so that's a, now that's quite unusual. Mm. No, like normally, ANZ has never not been the best performer out of the out of the banks. I've always known. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I was always under the standard that NAB paid the largest dividends. Commonwealth Bank was obviously the largest market cap. No one ever spoke about Westpac and ANZ was sort of a little bit lower down. Was that uh, anyone else say that or is that just me completely? We'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. <laughs> See, but everyone just smile and mm, Yes. Very, very good. So <laughs> is it going to keep going? That's the question on anyone's mind. Can we, I mean, I know there's a case to be made that we're not near our all-time we're near our all-time highs, but we're not on our all-time mm. highs yet. We still haven't taken where we were a year ago. We're still down a bit, although it looks like it's only going to be a matter of time till it goes. We're back still up. like five percent from our pre-pandemic high, and yep. the US and Japan are well past yeah, their pre-pandemic exactly. highs. So I know there's a case to be made for our own market. There's also a case to be made that if the US starts to struggle, we should also in turn struggle. Can the US keep going? Is it going to have a bit of a pullback, Gabe? <laughs> very, uh, <laughs> very in-depth questions. I yes. mean, look, you know, it all it all depends on. Um, so I guess yes and no, as Lyndon is probably would say, it depends on um, a, a number of factors. Um, you know, I think broader risk on sentiment moving forward will probably see equities do pretty well. Um, and yeah, I don't really see any reason, at least in the short term, why equities wouldn't do well. Yeah, and obviously we're uh, keeping obviously the interest rates on line. Let's go over one more time uh, the politics over in the USA. Uh, we've got Mr. Donald Trump on his second impeachment. Mm -hmm. Okay, old old hat at this now. Uh, any news on that front? Yeah, so the trial commenced this week. Uh, I think the opening arguments they might have actually closed earlier today. I'm not sure about that, but I feel it's like in three days, as the uh, the Democrat side have laid out their case. Um, they did have a preliminary, I don't know if it's preliminary, but they had a vote on the constitutionality of it. And at the time, I think there were six Republicans who jumped over. So the vote was 56-44. Now, why is that significant? Short term, not at all. Uh, the reason, though, I mentioned that is because they need 17 Republicans to jump over to the other side in order to convict him. And if only six of them jumped over with the constitutionality, it's unlikely that they're going to be able to get the extra 11 they're going to need to actually convict him. So one thing that has come out though, is that very uh, succinct C-SPAN video that summarizes, okay, here's what he said, and here's what the protesters did. Then he said this, then they did that. So obviously selectively edited, but also pretty damning if you try to look at that as objectively as possible, I think. It was some pretty interesting arguments that have certainly been made. Uh, I think it's people standing up and speaking in the house, uh, some pretty pretty well mm. well versed people, some very very mm. intelligent people. You can sort of feel that these guys really know what they're talking about. Yeah. Apparently, the um the Trump law legal team did, were a little bit incoherent and all over the place, and that's reviews from both sides. So even Republicans were saying they just did not come across very well at all. I haven't had the chance to to actually watch those videos though. Yeah, too much stuff happening here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break. Now, if you have any questions, please feel free to take a video and email it through to info at cosec.com.au. Now, everyone who does this will receive a copy of our book, Stock Market Success, Retailing and Dimmicks for $39.95, or our magazine, Retailing and News Agencies Australia-wide for $19.95. We're going to be back shortly with your currency and commodity overview. <laughs> As kids, we were active. We were creative. 
we questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. We had no limits. We had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said, imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever-changing world filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. Herzig is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Herzig Kadari Securities. Throughout time, humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve, using new and improved methods. Having meaningful impact on society and industries. In order to advance, ideas were transformed into new products and services. The stock market has also evolved through innovation. Innovation has been key to COSEC's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, COSEC has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients. Opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with COSEC. Kadari Securities. returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea, Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Blue. 
named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate Cosex stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the Cosec Investment Edge, you know what you have to do. Call Cosec now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Do you follow currencies? Want to know how the Aussie dollar is travelling? Do you love commodities? Do you see gold prices rising? Do you see more demand for oil? Do you see the world economy growing? Get the latest in-depth analysis and discussion on commodities every week from real traders. Get real insights only on The Cosec Show. Welcome back. Let's talk about currencies and commodities, all things that shine, sparkle, fold and make the world go around. We start off by taking a quick look at the charts of gold and oil and we're going to bounce over to Mr. Cow, who's going to have a quick chat to us about that. What's happening in those two spaces at the moment? All right, I mean, oil, what was it, like six days in a row that it made a 12-month high? Terrific. It had taken a little bit of a breather, but it is still very much on that Half uptrend. down, hardly, hardly that Exactly. Much. So, I mean, it is maybe just a breath. Yes. but it has not turned around yeah, right. maybe it's the way to do it so again uh, until you see it turn around on a technical basis there's no reason to try to stand in the way however i have said many many times on the podcast that uh you've always got that opec dynamic there so it's always something that's potentially lurking in the background if the price reaches a certain point maybe they come out and start uh pairing back on those output cuts so that's something to watch for but for now i think that's clearly still in an upward trend gold on the other hand a little bit going sideways it's hovering around its 200 day moving average i i don't really know if you can say this is an uptrend or a downtrend i know we are all medium to long term still bullish on gold haven't changed my mind on that those ones it's on a good level of support yeah it seems quite clear that it doesn't want to be sold down too much more from this sort of broad area exactly and i mean newcrest did report um yesterday and it was it was yesterday right yeah the the week just flies by but um it uh, was positively received by the market, so Northern, Northern Star, Star exactly. Well. Also, record was it record NPAT, record free cash flows, record EBITDA, increased dividend. Um, so yeah, so specific go- again. If you can get the right stocks in that sector, then there is upside and uh, and gains to be had there. And maybe just to round it off uh, before we transition over, let's bring up that our uh, commodities super cycle chart. So I mean that's pretty self-explanatory and. Um, I mean, a super cycle, I don't know the exact formula that goes into that, but it does sound pretty good. So if that actually does play out, um, then that should be, I think we've already spoken about on the podcast previously, but 2021 is meant to be a good year for commodities overall. Very good. Uh, in terms of Gabe, I suppose Gabe yes. and Linson too, if you, if you can uh, add a comment, do we have any price targets from some big institutions on oil or on gold? Yeah, well, there are quite a few price targets on gold moving forward. Um, I can't put the title the title of the uh, the insto to the actual price, but I know they range from around twenty one hundred to around twenty four hundred. Okay, so yeah. that's that's pretty pretty. Uh, that's that's a yeah. lot higher than what it's currently trading. What about oil? I thought it was just sixty six from. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure Goldman Sachs has a target for Brent and WTI at around sixty five, sixty six moving forward. They're anticipating that it averages that throughout the year as well. And we've got, and I I think I heard from uh, I I heard from one of our directors here that copper 
most firms that produce copper are profitable if they can sell copper for more than five thousand dollars that's right yeah so and it's now at eight thousand is that is that right i don't recall the exact figures but it was significant it was trading significantly higher than the the break even and of course copper considered to be a bit of a bellwether of what's going to happen yeah very much probably the ultimate risk risk on of the metals and um i think it's what near an eight year high as well yeah yeah so there's a lot of that a lot of that stuff sort of going on let's go over to caroline because uh as always you have a good chat to us about uh iron ore Mm -hmm. what have you got your eye on this week is this are we still bullish on it is it coming back what what do we think Uh, my eye is still on ore okay your eye is still on (laughs) ore very good okay we look at the chart it's still trading above 160 dollars a ton um five green candlesticks this week five consecutive green candlesticks so it's very bullish and um, Credit Suisse actually forecasted the price of iron ore to continue trading above $150 a ton for the rest of 2021. But more importantly, I want to focus about the local iron ore miners because Bloomberg and UBS actually came up with a dividend forecast for our local Ooh, iron ore good, miners. Yeah. So we look at the charts, um, you can see that the dark blue column reflects that of the first half 2021 dividends, um, which we will know next week. And um, you can see that the columns, they are much higher than that of the prior six months, mm-hmm. especially in the case of Rio Tinto. So and six months ago, their dividend payout was $2.15. This is expected to double. Hopefully next week we'll see the results. Um, but for investors who like to get into these companies, um, they will be reporting BHP on the 16th, Rio Tinto on the 17th, and Fortescue Metal on the 18th. Very, very good. Let's, so I mean, quite, quite encouraging numbers yeah. gonna, and potentially they're coming out. I want to cycle over to a currency, commodity, don't know, don't know what we call it right now, but it is all over the news right now, having reached a new all-time high today. And of course it is Bitcoin. Gabe, you keep your eye on it. Where we still remain undecided whether you're actually a true bull or a bear on the business, and we're gonna get some guesses <laughs> happening. But you are very well equipped uh, as knowing what sort of. I mean, what's your take on it at the moment? What do you think's happening with this uh, with this Bitcoin stuff? Okay, well, I want to clarify that it was Bitcoin you were talking about there. <laughs> well, uh, we saw um, Elon Musk and uh, Tesla announce that they purchased around one and a half billion dollars worth of it. I don't know the exact time horizon for that, but that did have some pretty uh, positive impacts on. You can the buy sh- a car, and he says he will, he will, accept, he will accept Bitcoin payment. For- yeah, potentially for the uh, the Tesla three models or for. So you go to Tesla and you give them two Bitcoin, and he'll give you a car back. Exactly. Uh, I guess. So what is it like a USB stick that you just hand over? And then- <laughs> yeah. So most most uh, most crypto is actually stored on mm. on, on a wallet. Okay, like, but you can also store it on an exchange yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. I guess I guess the uh, but surely it'd be a transfer, wouldn't it? It'd be just the same as a. a I, I imagine much in the same way that you would facilitate any other transaction, there would be an exchange of some kind. Or you could go to the uh, Deutsche. I know Deutsche Bank's got a, a crypto ATM machine where you can actually pull out cash from the. From mm. Is that right? Well, I haven't uh, seen one of those myself, but I'll, t- I'll take your word. I think it's over in the US, obviously not here in Australia. But anyway, yeah. continue. I digress. Well, I guess. Um, the main thing to draw from this is, uh, aside from all the memes which have surfaced on the internet <laughs> from it, is probably just uh, incorporating that into the broader, you know, the context of adoption of Bitcoin moving forward. So people pay Elon Musk out for being a bit of a weirdo. Maybe he's a bit of a uh, contrarian. But I think, you know, the guy has a uh, brain which is significantly more developed than uh, probably the average person. <laughs> so maybe he sees something in Bitcoin which is why he decided to buy one and a half billion dollars worth of it. Probably on the Joe Rogan podcast on top of that, right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on top of that, you have a Bank of New York Mellon 
corporation actually holding, transferring and issuing Bitcoin and other cryptos on behalf of asset managers, um, clients moving forward. So I think this is part of a broader trend we're seeing towards uh, digital assets, um, at least now for the short term, provided there isn't some sort of astronomical cataclysm of, uh, you know, epic proportions, which really has negative implications for the uh, the price of Bitcoin moving forward. What's it done in the past 12 days? It's, it's something astronomical. I don't know, 60% or something. something like that in the past seven days. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's done. Let's just take it over the month. Let's just say 60% in the past month. That means if you put $100,000 into Bitcoin, you will make 60 grand in yep. a week or, or in a month. Yep. But that is very, very, very good returns for any type of asset. Whether the risk reward ratio is really there for an individual investor, yeah, I'm not going to be one of the ones that's going to judge that. Nor am I going to start asking questions like, "Oh, how far can it go, or how high can it go, or anything like that," because who knows? What I am going to ask, though, is probably a more prevalent question: Is it a time that we accepted that it is getting accepted by major institutions, and that there are bright people out there that are buying it for big investment banks? And is it something that? You know, you should look at look at uh, acquiring or getting into. What do you? I mean, the about? second part is you have to pay attention to it, but then it's the chicken and the egg, right? So, why is Boney Mellon, the a custodian, getting into it? Because there is demand from their clients, right? Why are institutions? Because there is demand from their clients. Now, that doesn't mean that they necessarily believe in it strongly. It doesn't mean that they don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. But if your clients have a demand for something, it is in your interest to try to cater to that demand. I'm quite sure that a lot of these institutions are immediately hedging their a significant portion of their exposures to these cryptocurrencies, uh, probably collecting a, a very nice margin as well along the way. Because there was an announcement made today that they, they uh, a big gold producer said that you should hedge Bitcoin by buying gold. Is that <laughs> is that correct? Yeah, that was. Um, I think that was the uh, the chief exec of uh, Newcrest and Evolution. Shock horror! He said you should buy gold. What? I would, never would have guessed that. Yeah, there's, I, I, there's no reason why that would have why, why that would be. <laughs> I feel, but um, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it makes sense. And and one point that he made actually, I think it was Sandeep uh, Biswas, who's the the chief exec at Newcrest, said that it's moving fundamentally in tandem because of the same factors are driving upward uh, movements in Bitcoin inflation expectations, things of that nature. So potentially both benefiting from those global uh, factors. Well, there we go. I think many, many conversations to be had (laughs) about Bitcoin in the future. But for now, that's commodities and currencies and the events that have shaped them. Now, are you a bull or a bear? Let us know. Our phone lines are now open. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to take a look at the best and worst performers on the Australian market this week. The world changed this year. So did the stock market. Is it time for a change in your portfolio? Invest with confidence. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with Kosek, Kodari Securities. RBA has cut interest rates to a record low of 0.1%. Returns in saving accounts are now shockingly low. We have never seen these conditions before. The good news is that the stock market benefits from low interest rates and historically has outperformed property or any other asset class. COSEC uses a unique stock market filtering system called Lotus Blue, which helps generate solid profits for clients. During COVID in April 2020, COSEC recommended Kogan, which went up 340%. 
percent. In June, Cosec recommended Saracen Minerals, which went up 23 percent. In October, Cosec recommended Nickel Mines, which went up 33 percent. If you want your money working overtime, you need to know what stocks to buy and when to sell. That's where Cosec can help. With no barriers to entry, it's just simple investing. Build wealth with a concrete investment strategy. Go to cosec.com.au. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue and receive our top eight stock picks today. humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve using new and improved methods having meaningful impact on society and industries in order to advance ideas were transformed into new products and services the stock market has also evolved through innovation Innovation has been key to COSEC's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, COSEC has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients. Opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with COSEC. Kadari Securities.
move on to our next section now and have a look at what the best and worst performers of the week were. And we are going to take a quick trip straight over to Caroline. You've got your little chart there. Mm -hmm. Have a quick chat with us about what kind of moved this week. What, what did we do well in so for the local share market, we didn't do too well this week. We're down 1%, but still trading above the 6,800 levels. Mm -hmm. If we look straight into the chart, the best performer this week was materials up 0.7%. As um, Linson said earlier, Newcrest Mining had um, a very good report. Good first half report, 121% increase in earnings and record half-year cash flows to $414 million. And the worst performer this week was industrial was down 0.7 of a percent, so that's not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. But um, a lot of it was done by Simic Group Limited, ticker code CIM. That, a, that had a horrific had a drop. Rough, that had a rough day. That yeah. certainly had a rough day. So the report wasn't well received by investors. Clearly missed expectations. It was down by more than 20 percent this week. Excellent. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Well, listen, before we get into sort of where we think there could be some potential growth, we've actually got a question that's been emailed in. So I'm going to go to that right now. Video question. Would love to hear what your guys' thoughts on the recent sell-off of Appen technology to code APX due to slowing growth, which they've attributed largely to COVID. The stock could present a buying opportunity given that they can bounce back. Do you see other risks such as competitors taking from Appen's market share. Yes, 100% correct and uh, very, very astute. Obviously, that share has come down a lot from what it was, broken out of its trends, really, really moved down in a bit of a death spiral. Linson, is it now time to be looking at acquiring it? I know it's something that we've sort of been dipping our toes in with that in an area where we consider to be fair value. What are your thoughts? I mean, it is a fair value, probably, yes. Mm -hmm. um, is this the turnaround? I think... Earlier this week, there was a day where it was up four five percent. It was up yeah. five. No, so, it was up nearly seven or something. Was it? it? Okay, I, I can't remember, but uh, it was up. It was considering it had a similar day. Data three had a similar day as happened today. Today, actually. yeah, it yeah. did. So um, the tech tech sort of moved that, and that's the big thing, isn't it? These stocks can move, and I think for hmm. for the investor who posted this question, this is a stock that can run. This is a stock that can really move in a positive direction, and we're talking five days, three days in a row. So 15%, it is not uncommon. I saw it do, I think I've seen it do 30% back in 2017. I think I saw mm. it do 30% over two days. That being said, I also saw, saw A2 mil do the same thing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I suppose every everything has the capacity to do that. What are your thoughts, Gabe? Well, again, I think this is something which I, uh, I mentioned last week when we were talking about the, uh, I think maybe the very same point or potentially the week before that, um, you know, it is pretty heavily sold off. I think it's around 45, 50% from the highs. Mm -hmm. And it was that in August. So it's a pretty uh, sharp uh, line down, essentially. And over in the US, a lot of tech companies are reporting it well, really beating expectations. Expectations for Appen uh, may be, you know, slightly beneficial in terms of a prospective investor, given that it's already been sold off so heavily. How much further is it going to be sold down? It might be reluctant to get pushed down further. Again, it might report very well and beat expectations as well. Exactly right. And uh, what do you know when it's reporting, Caroline? 24th. 24th. So that is tail end of next week or okay. start of the week? So tail end of... No, it's actually two weeks two from weeks now. Away. It's two weeks away. So we're in the almost into the last week. Jeepers. Last week of February, mm, yeah. two months through the year. Thank you very much for scaring me when I say something <laughs> along the lines of that. Let's talk about the fundamentals because obviously we look at a company like App and Technology and we automatically think macroeconomic environment. Obviously, it's involved in language translation. That's a bit of a tick. 
We also then look at the fundamentals of the company and we need to see if they line up. What are the fundamentals like, Caroline, of, of, uh, of Appen? It's very, very solid, which is also why um, it's part of our Lotus Pool investment portal. Mm-hmm. Three years or more um, consecutive increase in earnings, ROE, and cash flow. Very good. And it is an ASX 200 stock, as yes. always. Yes. So I hope that answers your question. Keep the questions coming, team. Always interested, always happy. Gives us something to speak about. Okay, and obviously pick our brain to absolutely anything. We can go and all agree with that, yes? Very good. So let's take a quick switch over to dividends. And I want to go to Gabe. Is it time to be cycling into dividend stocks? Is it a risk? Uh, what, what's, as everyone's sort of upping dividends, what are your thoughts on those dividends sort of players? Would you want to go yeah. growth? As we come out of this reporting season, or would you want to go into more dividends? What well, do you think? I think that the main thing to probably consider when you're examining dividend stocks, mm-hmm. you know, is probably that even if you buy it, it's not going to be, you know, most likely a very steady movement sideways yeah. or up. You know, if you're buying a stock for its dividends, you're going to be subject to movements in the share price of the company, which is a given, of course. So that, that could be quite good. Sorry, sorry. It check. can be good. It, c- it can be bad as well. So a lot of the better dividend-paying stocks, uh, they may not have really positive movements in their share price. Even though you're accumulating the dividend, the actual value of your position is continuously going in a negative direction. Not saying that that's going to happen, but it's just something to consider, I think. So um, if it, like if you buy it for the dividend and you think dividend six percent, but the stock yeah. goes down seven percent, you actually come out with a net loss. Yeah, oh, no, I mean it's fairly that's fairly intuitive and that's fairly fairly obvious. But yeah. is that likely to happen with a lot of dividend paying stocks? Or well, it depends where you're looking. You know, certain mining companies certainly pay good dividends, and uh, moving forward, we're looking at metals, yes. which tend to be, or rather, the consensus is that they're going to do very well moving forward. If the price of the commodity goes up earnings expectations for the company will probably go up as well. And generally speaking, if they're making more money, they may reflect that in their dividend payments. So probably something to watch moving forward. Just in terms of that sort of commodity, because you did touch on that right now, I'm going to cycle over to Mr. Cow, because mm. there you were talking a little bit about a global commodity rally. The super cycle. Super cycle. Yes. Now that's to do, you mentioned this morning that it might be something to do with Elliott Waves as well, which is where obviously we have five ups and three downs, mm. cycles sort of up. Uh, any more sort of news on, on what this means for our commodity and what commodities? Yeah, so actually I'm going to bring up a chart again, but it's not going to be the super cycle one. Okay. It's going to be that reflation trade one. And here's the reason why. So I think we've said it several times on the on the podcast that uh, commodities tend to act as a hedge against inflation potentially. Yes. I mean, they say that about cryptocurrencies too. But let's focus on the uh, commodities. So let's not open that can of again. <laughs> let's not go back there. So one thing that was interesting about this. Now maybe this is getting a little bit too nerdy, so I won't go too deeply into it. But if you think about how businesses are actually valued by, say, large institutions, they use a discounted cash flow model. They're discounting the future cash flows to the present day. If long-term interest rates were to rise, that would mean that the future cash flows are actually discounted at a greater rate. So that would tend to favour businesses that derive more of their value from nearer term cash flows, as opposed to those that derive their value from future growth and future cash flows. So if you really took that to its conclusion, I'm not saying that we are immediately reacting to this now, but if you took that to its conclusion, you would argue that cyclicals, stuff like commodities, would do better than say something like tech, which is more a growth stock. Again, it's not something that 
the firm is immediately cycling out of now, but that was something that I read that I thought was quite interesting. Okay, so if there is going to be this cycle in there, obviously mm. all the commodities are not equal. Some are going to do exceptionally well. Some aren't going to do so well. Gabe, if you had to pick a commodity that you think is going to do particularly well, which one would you pick and why? Uh, uh, probably nickel. Nickel? Yep, I really like uh, nickel. I like how it fits into that uh, you know macroeconomic context. Again, um, you know, we're anticipating a deficit this year of potentially 18,000 tons. Last year, there was a surplus of around 86,000 uh, from a report. I believe it was Roskill. And, um, you know, moving forward, there are so many drivers of demand. You got EVs, uh, stainless steel growth um, as well, or demand for stainless steel rather, as Caroline has brought before, this infrastructure-led recovery in China. We could see nickel continuously do well this year. And I think even moving forward as well, Something, I don't know if I brought this up, but last week, Tesla is having some issues scaling certain projects for their new cars. Um, I think it's their super truck, not the one that Elon Musk accidentally smashed the window on. <laughs> the uh, Almost like a semi-trailer, right? Yeah, it's right, yeah. And it requires five times more cells. And the issue they're having is that they can't really scale it effectively because the actual cost of the materials which go into the battery are significantly higher that it's really going to impact their margins in the same degree. And now with every single, uh, you know, car manufacturer jumping on the bandwagon of EVs, that's really going to have, I think, implications for demand moving forward. Very, very good. So that was the best and the worst of the ASX this week. Now, do you have a stock that you've been watching for a while? Is it time to buy, sell, or maybe average in? Why not send us a message? We can ask our panel. In the meantime, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with our final section of the show. returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea. Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Blue, named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate COSEC stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. 
If you want the COSEC Investment Edge, you know what you have to do. Call COSEC now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Trust is key to any relationship. Fortunately, it's nothing that can be bought. It's earned. As an investor working with an organisation, they need to demonstrate integrity. They must show consistency. Full transparency. Accountability. They must be genuine in their approach. Their core values must align with yours. They need to put your interest first. If you are considering investing, work with an organisation that earns and nurtures trust. Work with an organisation you believe in. Work with an organisation that treats you the same way they like to be treated. Join an organisation that views clients as people, not people as clients. If you are considering investing, consider Kosek Kadari Securities. kids, we were active. We were creative. We questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. We had no limits. We had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said, Imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever-changing world filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. Kosek is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Kosek Kandari Securities. Welcome back. The moment we've all been waiting for the final section of the Kosek Show.
So let's take a look at what our panel is looking at in the week to come. But before we do that, we've actually got another question that's been emailed in, and this one pertains to a stock. So it's a bit of a stock-related one. Uh, we've got the question saying, Hello, guys, great podcast. Given the amount of money printing and continuing stimulus that's occurring worldwide, would you say inflation is potential a potential threat? I think we've already answered that a little bit earlier in the, day, in the um, podcast. And if so, would you expect commodities to do well? We've also answered that as well. Would you expect agriculture commodities to also benefit? And what do you think of the stock select harvest to play this theme? Hmm, interesting. All right, guys, put your thinking caps on. Select harvest. Let's go over to Caroline, explain a little bit about what Select Harvest does? So Select Harvest, ticker code SHV, it's an almond producer. It also manufactures a variety of snacks. So in my opinion, um, it faces risk on two fronts. Mm -hmm. So firstly, on a global scale, Australia is the number two producer of almonds globally. And we follow behind America. Almonds, we're talking almonds. Yep. Okay, almonds. right. Not iron <laughs> Okay, so we follow behind America. But what happened? I can't remember the last time I've eaten an almond, but I digress. You're, you're not a very healthy person, are you? <laughs> no, I'm clearly not very healthy. I should get some almonds into me. Yeah, okay, continue. So back, back to Select Harvest. Um, last year, there were forecasts that US will have a racket almond crop, mm -hmm. which means to say that will, there will be softening of um, almond prices in Australia and for Select Harvest itself. But also um, on a local scale, they have challenges in, in as it relates to market access. Mm -hmm. Um, they operate three almond orchids across three states, but these were subjected to border closures, which means to say that movements were limited. And then um, the second time, the second time Melbourne um, encountered into a lockdown, yes. Select Harvest was also impacted because their head office is situated in Melbourne. Very good. Let's go to Mr. Cow. Talk to us about the charts because obviously that's obviously what the business does. What are your What's your take on the charts at the moment on uh, Select Harvest? Well, it doesn't look awesome, does it? Uh, so it is making those lower highs and lower lows, which is the opposite of what we like to see. Having said that, you could say that financially healthy, week, financially relatively financially stable and healthy. Business. It is a Lotus Blue stock, it so it is one that we stock. cover. ASX 200, uh, 300? 300. 300, ASX 300. So some measure of sorry, financial stability. In yeah, there, it has made that uh, higher high now. Mm -hmm. And the Williams alligator mouth looks like it could be starting to open. That MACD has remained positive. Yes. So there is a silver lining there. Um, I don't know whether this is the time to be trying to catch it. Although if you did get in at the right time, potentially very, decent very upside relevant. there. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be something that you'd want to see a little bit more movements towards the north. Maybe yeah. Do more... But this particular one, yes, it's certainly not a terrible idea. I mean, just to tie it back into the macro story, yeah. what we were talking about before, with commodities acting as a hedge against inflation, that certainly encompasses also agricultural commodities. So certainly um, all of the, uh, the way the question was structured made perfect logical sense. I think it, all the reasoning flows quite nicely. Very nice. Perfect. Well, I hope that answered your question, guys. Once again, keep the questions coming. We are more than happy to sit here and analyze any stocks that you guys throw at us or want to have a quick chat about. But let's go to see what Caroline is looking at this week. What do you like this week? For the week to come, what's your sort of stock pick? Are you not saving your best for the last? I'm, well, I, I, well I'm, I'm doing, wow, ouch. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm doing, doing I'm the engaged. best first. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm giving okay. the best first. So I go. Yep. <laughs> so my opportunity this week is Data3 Limited, ticker code DTL. Okay. ASX 300 company, it's a leading IT services provider which provides solutions across connectivity, modern workplace, as well as cloud. Now that's obviously up 5% today, so you anticipate that it could keep running from here, yes? Mm -hmm. So macroeconomically, it finds itself in a, playing a very crucial role in a pandemic as it relates to accelerating the delivery of remote workplace solutions. Mm -hmm. So people who have to work from home, they use software and solutions provided by Dallas 3 Dallas 3 is also the largest reseller of Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's some good, it's good some macroeconomic factors. Yes, there, yes, correct. Yeah. Um, in terms of financials, it's very fundamentally sound company, sales, cash flow, earnings um, increasing for the past three years. In terms of the technical charts, if we look at the chart, it has broken out of its sideways trending pattern today touching the top Donchin channel. Stochastic and MACD are both positive and diverging, which means to say that it could potentially move in a positive direction moving forward. Very good. So that's oh wait, one oh, more question. No, right. oh, one more point. It will be reporting next Thursday. Very good. Very in-depth trade analysis on the end of that. So would you like to go next or would we like to save the, the, <laughs> the best for last? I think we should save the best for last okay. and let me go first. Okay, okay brilliant. I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Cow. I'll, I'll split the difference. What do, what do you like this week? What are you looking at at the moment? Uh, I've mentioned it before, BHP. Mm -hmm. So it ties into the, the whole commodity story. Obviously, world's largest mining company by so market cap. As opposed to, supposed to Fortescue Metal, which is pure iron ore, this has also got some other commodities. I do I do actually like the look of Fortescue Metals as well. I just thought a little bit of variety. Let's go with BHP. Again, they do derive almost half of their revenues from iron ore, and then almost half of the rest is coming from copper, which, as we mentioned before, is very much a risk on commodity near its eight-year highs. Uh, now, a few since the last time I spoke about it, there have been a few updates in terms of institutional broker reports. So, uh, just a couple. What date are we on? Twelfth. We are on the twelfth. Yes. Okay, so three days ago, J.P. Morgan lifted their iron ore forecast. I think it was six percent, if I recall correctly, and they flagged potentially. And this is not insider news. So, uh, grain of salt. They flagged potentially an on-market buyback okay. with some of the excess cash. Um, and last week, uh, about a week ago. Macquarie expects strong results, again, driven by iron ore exposure. Uh, and of course, if we look at it technically, it has pulled back from that relative high, now looking to return to the upper Donchin channel. So again, when, when we see those higher lows and higher highs, if you see it pull back and then resume, that's generally, not only is it positive, it's also less risky as well. You, you kind of know where your stop losses are supposed to go. So you know when to get out if the thesis proves to be wrong. On top of that, the stochastic oscillator is also heading up after touching oversold. So I think I still like our BHP. And to be fair with you, this is actually a fan question. Someone actually emailed in, an investor emailed in or sent a video in, I believe, and actually asked about BHP a while ago. Oh, right. Okay. It was about, uh, you probably can't remember, we have quite a few of them, but it was mm. it was a while ago they actually, you might, um, actually asked a question about, uh, about whether we'd be buyers of BHP. And at that time we were a buyer as well mm. as now. So that's good to see that we are consistent. Right, I've saved the best for last. And I want to know what you are going to look at this time, Mr. Ryan, because you spoke a lot about the commodity of nickel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't suppose that's got any bearing on what your pick for the day is. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so I really like the look of the nickel mines mm -hmm. as a, as a nickel player, something I bought in uh, a few months ago, Lindsay's board as well. I think it just fits the environment uh, pretty perfectly mm -hmm. uh, moving forward for points I mentioned in the previous section, but just for your reference, you know, nickel demand is anticipated to increasingly grow. Uh, stainless steel, EVs, 
being those key drivers, particularly the EV batteries as well. On top of that, a potential deficit in the supply this year. And again, the creme uh, on top of the cake being the metals rally, which we may see this year as well. So everything seems to be moving together in confluence. And on a technical basis, I really like the chart as well. If you want to pull that up now, they recently went ex-div. Um, I think it might've been a couple of weeks ago and it seems to be reluctant to be sold that any further than where it currently is at around $1.20. It is showing an oversold condition on the stochastic RSI. I feel that uh, this continued to either hold that and then begin to move back in a positive direction alongside nickel and nickel futures, which are moving in a very positive direction as well, provided there are no other uh, major negatives, uh, which could potentially rear their ugly heads. Uh, aside from that, I'm pretty bullish on nickel mines. I think it would continue to do well. Very good. So we have data free, we have nickel mines, and of course we have BHP. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in this week. On behalf of everyone at the show, I want to wish our clients, friends and colleagues a safe and happy weekend, and we look forward to seeing you next week on the show. My name is Will Brownlee, and this has been The Co-Section.